Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 337. If you've listened to a few of these podcast episodes, then you've probably heard me talk about a Royal Caribbean Blog group cruise, and you might be wondering what the heck a group cruise is all about. This week, I wanted to focus on why going on a Royal Caribbean cruise with friends you haven't met yet is a great idea and something that should be at the top of your must-do list. Here we go. I get a lot of emails at Royal Green Blog Podcast with a lot of different questions, but this week's episode is dedicated to one particular email because I thought it was a really important topic to talk about. It comes to us from Andrea and Jerry Viola, and uh, they wrote to me, Hi Matt, we've been following your wonderful blog for the last two years. We have already made reservations with MEI Travel to be part of the October 2020 Royal Caribbean Blog Group Cruise on Brilliance of the Seas. This is our first group cruise. We can't wait to meet you and the blog members. We have friends who would like to join us. Is it possible for you to do a podcast just about what a group cruise is all about? I think many of your listeners would be very interested. And I thought, my goodness, Andrea and Jerry are totally right because we have done episodes talking about group cruises, but never actually broached the topic more generically and about what it's all about in more of, a, again, a generic standpoint. So to talk, to help me talk about what group cruises are all about is the secret sauce to any good group cruise. It is one of my very, very good friends, supporters, and of course, the operations manager for MEI Travel, Annette Jackson. Annette, welcome to the Royal Green Blog Podcast yet again. Hey, nice to be here, and what a great topic. Absolutely. Well, you know, Annette, I, I wanted to talk about this. I thought this was a really good idea because, yes, it is self-serving, but that's not the point. The point is, <laughs> is that it's, I think it's a really fun thing because you and I love group cruises, and I, it's hard to explain to people what it is all about. It's not just, hey, here's a Royal Caribbean cruise, come sail with us. It's really about the friends you make and and enjoying the experience together. Yeah, definitely. And you do official group cruises and unofficial group cruises. So we're going to have to kind of explain what the difference is. Absolutely. Um, and I think the impetus for the group cruise, the reason we started doing these, Annette, this goes back many, many years before even RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com was a thing. You and I would go on cruises <laughs> and we yep. would, uh, maybe on a different cruise line, but that's a different story. And um, we- That was back we before do, they got pricey. That's right. <laughs> but we um, but we would go on cruises together and obviously we were friends. And you, know, you, you realized that Everything is better when you have friends with you on the cruise. You get to experience things together. You get to have those kind of stories together, right? Those kind of moments like, hey, remember when we did, you know, that or this or, yeah. And oh, there's, yeah. there's quite a few of them that are even coming to my mind as we, as we think about it. But that was kind of like the, the light bulb, certainly in my mind, I think you as well, Annette, that when you cruise with friends, even if you haven't met these friends yet, <laughs> uh, it's, it's still better when you cruise with people who are kind of like-minded, in this case, cruise fans. Well, yeah. I mean, we've said it for many, many years now. You know, it's always fun to cruise with your family, but sometimes cruising with friends or friends you're going to meet could be a little more fun. Absolutely. You know, in a lot of cases, I know for a lot of folks who maybe are new to Royal Caribbean blog, you know, you, you're not you're going to go on these group cruises and there's going to be a fair amount of folks on there, but you're not going to know everybody. And that's okay. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I sometimes, I what are you thinking at? Maybe half the people who go on a Gen given group cruise or probably it's their first group cruise. Is that a fair percentage that's, to? That's pretty fair, I think. Um, yeah. Or it might be that it's their first group cruise, but the person that they came with, this is their second or third group cruise. So it's a friend of a friend that has come to join the group. We've had that's that right. happen. So we're all kind of, many of us are in the, the situation where we're meeting each other for the first time. And 
what I always tell people at group cruises is the idea is we're going to we we pick a particular Royal Caribbean cruise and say come sail with us on there. And we also um, definitely encourage folks to book with our sponsor, which is MEI Travel. And the reason why we encourage, you don't have to do it, but we certainly encourage it. The reason being there's twofold. Number one, it does benefit RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. The more people in the group that we get, the more quote unquote power we have with Royal Caribbean to orchestrate different events and activities on board the ship. This is important because for you guys, as people joining on the group, we get to do more fun things, more exclusive things, and and that really makes a difference right there. And then, of course, the other side of it is that it does also uh, help the blog out um, from a sponsorship standpoint. So that's always helpful. But um, you know, we we try to tell, we always try to be as welcoming as possible with this. And in addition to everything I just said, and now there's also some special perks for people who book with the group, right? Oh yeah, but I'm going to give a third reason why it's great to book with the with us. And I know this sounds like it's self-serving, but to try and plan events and not know who's booked where and what room they're in or how many people are coming, it can be difficult. So if you've booked with the group and you've booked with MEI, we then know, oh, we have 85 people going. Now we need to look for a shore excursion for the group <laughs> for 85 <Yep>. people. <laughs> Absolutely. And you mentioned the shore excursion for the group. You know, that's uh... – the, the, beyond just the fact we're sailing together on the same ship, we also orchestrate a fair amount of events during the cruise. These events are all optional. You don't have to come to any of them if you don't want to. Uh, but we try for about one a day at the very least. Some days it's impossible. But um, in a lot of cases, we try for one event a day. Sometimes there are more than one. But again, they're, they're come as, you can come to them if you like. Some people, some people do all events. Some people do a couple of events. Some people show up for one event. And it really is up to you. We don't want you to feel like you know, you're under some sort of a schedule. I mean, it is right. your vacation after all. We just want you to feel welcome and part of it and you can come in and join us for these activities because it's not only an opportunity to meet myself or Annette, but it's also an opportunity. It's really about meeting other people who also love Royal Caribbean, love to cruise, and quite frankly, in my experience, are really fun to hang out with in and of themselves. Yeah, and, and another thing is, is some people, they're booking the group cruises because of the price. Mm -hmm. Because we're a group, we can get, we can work on the price. The price is a little lower sometimes for the group cruises um, or for the extra perks. That's okay too. You don't feel like you have to come to the events. That's totally up to you. But if you're gonna, if you're, if you're one of those people that are shy and a little, you're just a little on, uh, not so sure about if you want to cruise with these silly people you've been watching on Facebook in the group or something, because we do set up a group so people can try to get to know each other. Um, you know, I recommend come to the first event. Come to the first welcome party. We have items for you there so that you get your gift. You get some items for the cruise, maybe a lanyard so you can kind of stand out. Look, everybody will know you're in the group, but come to that and, you know, it's a, kind of a taster for the group. Yeah. Come see the ages of the people, get to know some people. If you don't know anybody else, I, Matt can tell you I could talk to a wall. Come talk to me. I will I will introduce you to someone that you could talk to or maybe even your table mates at dinner if you decided to eat with the group. So, you know, definitely jump in there. But if you decide you just want to go on vacation, that's okay too. Absolutely. And you know, you mentioned one of the events already. Let's talk about what this is a really common question in that what kind of events are there because we do mix it up from group cruise to group cruise. I don't have just a standard um, list of events. Annette knows that when we plan a new group cruise, we're always looking for ways to, 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 you know, spice it up a little bit and, and, 
you know, come up with some new ideas. We also bring back a couple of repeat events, you know, because they are popular and they just quite frankly mm-hmm. work. But I want right. to give people an idea of one of the meets. You talked about the welcome aboard party. So this is usually on day one. And this is held where we usually Or day have, two. Like, or day two. It depends on the cruise, right? <laughs> it depends uh, on the cruise ship. Yep. And um, basically this is an op- – we in, actually in recent years we've ended up renting out a particular venue and invited folks to have a couple drinks together. And kind of it's kind of like a, 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 an icebreaker, right? It's an opportunity to come hang out, introduce everybody, meet everybody. First day of school kind of activity. That's exactly what it is. It's like – Parents bring in the kids up with them so the kids can meet. So then the kids in the group know each other when they go into club together or they're out and about um, meeting the people that you've been chatting with online and, you know, getting a chance to come in and introduce yourself to Matt and say, hey, I'm da 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 da, whatever your yeah. name is. <laughs> so, you know, just introduce yourself. Don't be scared to come up and just talk with some people. And no, just like the first day of school for everyone everyone's a little nervous in a group the first time when you first come meet. But by the end of the cruise, if you've been on a cruise, you know this. By the end of the cruise, you're going to keep running into the same people over and over again on the cruise ship. I don't know how that happens, but you do. Yep. Not as well people be people that you've been introduced to and that you know. And at the end of the cruise, you become friends. Absolutely. And one of the nice things we do on the group cruises is we give everybody lanyards. And these are bright red lanyards with our group cruise logo at the bottom. And what's neat about this is if you wear it around the ship, you're going to see other people wearing it. So even if you hadn't met that person before, you know it's a friendly face. It's somebody who, know, you know, you, it, there's a common thread over there. And it really does help us also kind of help with names and, and remembering folks. And especially because not everyone's wearing the same T-shirt they wore that first day of the cruise. <laughs> so Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah, there's some people that wear the same shirts on the first day of the cruise. Absolutely. Makes it a little easier to find. Um, one of the other meets we also do, we do a pre-cruise meet. We started doing this in the last couple ones, and this is a great idea. So because so many of us come to the cruise port the day before the cruise, because, of course, they're very good uh, com listeners and readers, and they know that you should get to your cruise port at least a day ahead of time to avoid travel delays. And so we started doing, like, these pre-cruise meetups um, in the city that we're waiting to go on our cruise on. And this has also been a really fun um, opportunity, again, to meet people for the first time or... Uh, maybe more than the first time, but it's again, it's, it's just an, it really, it's an excuse. You're in town. What else are you going to be doing? Right. And uh, it's a nice, it's just kind of, you know, it's an excuse to hang out. Yeah. And again, that's t- something pretty simple. It's not exactly dinner, but we've, we've met for pizza. I think we've had pizza in like four different cities at this point to compare pizza. Um, sometimes it's just to hang right there at the hotel. Yep. Um, just, just a chance again to get to know some people before the next day. Absolutely. And some typical events that we do on group cruises beyond the ones we've talked about, like I said, I try to mix it up as much as we can, but we do bar crawls, which are really fun. This is probably the most social activity we do where we go, you know, from bar to bar to bar and just kind of chat and drink and explore the ship a little bit. Uh, but it's certain- not a drunken, drunken brawl. No, 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 thing. no, no, no. It's just, it's just us hanging out basically and chatting. A lot of this is just excuses to, to hang out and, and, and socialize, talk about what we did during the day. Uh, we've also done uh, one of my favorite events we do is we'll sometimes rent out spe- specific venues, whether it's Studio B for ice skating, whether it's the C-Plex for bumper cars, that was uh, whether, so much it's, fun. whether it's Sabor for guacamole. <laughs> um, it, is, uh, <laughs> it is one of my favorite things to do, Annette, when we get to rent out some of these venues. And it, it not only is it, is it feel exclusive and cool, but I think it just adds so much um, so much 
so much style and, and importance to what we're doing here as a group that we get to enjoy this together. Yes. And, and this is where when we say you book in the group, you're helping us to help you. Um, because by everybody booking in the group, we're able to provide some of these extras where, um, if there was only 10 people in the group, but yet there were 80 people on the ship, they would not give us the space. Yeah. So we do about, uh, when we get closer to, to the sale date, probably within final payment date, we'll start working on group cruise events. The reason why we can't put out events before that is because something Annette mentioned earlier, it's just too difficult to know before final payment date, any kind of firm headcount. And our headcount really does depend on, will dictate in large uh, in a large extent what events we can do. Um, but then we'll post the events there, and it's an opportunity. Again, you come to them as you please, as you see fit. There's also impromptu events. In a lot of cases, we'll just, you know, people will, we usually have a messaging app uh, that we agree on to use during the cruise. And people can, you know, say, hey, I'm at, you know, the Windjamer, and I'm, oh, there's Mongolian grill going on right now. And then all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> half a dozen people show up to there to enjoy that, or we're hanging at the pub, or we're going to go see a show in the theater. Like, it's putt, just putt. a. We had a putt putt competition happen that way. Yeah, absolutely. So there's, it, it's it's a neat way to kind of, again, to to kind of, you know, communicate on board because after all, let's face it, we're all people who hang out on the internet talking about Royal Caribbean cruises. So inevitably we're all buying the internet package anyway. So it's pretty easy to communicate that way. Um, and, but if you're on an unofficial or on an official group cruise, um, don't feel like you have to get the internet package because we don't want anybody to feel left out. Yep. Um, I, I make sure that there are no cards to keep you up to date on any changes. I will call the room. I will try my best to get to everybody before an event if it's not a last minute change. Um, because I know some people, they're not going to get the internet package. They're trying to disconnect. And I appreciate that. So we definitely have some note cards and some scheduling changes, schedule cards to keep you on track. Because let's face it, unless you're looking at the floor on the elevator, sometimes you don't know exactly what day it is. Yeah. And you mentioned something that we should probably talk about now, which is you mentioned it's something called the unofficial group cruise. This yeah. is something that's new for this year, 2020. Um, basically, every every year there are two Royal Caribbean blog group cruises. Um, we went, used to have one. And in the last year or two now, we've started doing two of them. And these are the official ones. This is what you see at royalcaribbeanblog.com slash events. You can look them up there. We'll talk a little bit about that in a little bit. But because people are really interested in doing more than just the two there, I mean, everyone's got their own schedule, right? And in addition to that, let's face it, I'm going on a cruise anyway, beyond that. <laughs> there's been these kind of by popular demand unofficial group cruises where where a group cruise, we do like events, we do, you know, lanyards, we do the logo, we, we it's more structured. The unofficial group cruises are more just like, look, there's a lot of people who want to go on this particular sailing. They're all royalcaribbeanblog.com podcast listeners or blog readers or message board posters or a combination of all three. And, you know, they kind of want to hang out. So we're so Annette and I were like, okay, why why wouldn't we want to encourage folks, friends, to hang out and cruise together? So in uh, actually June 2020, we're doing our first unofficial group cruise, which theoretically is supposed to take the pressure off me and you and that we're not having to do a lot of work, but I'm not sure this is really working. To, well, it's working uh, for me because okay, unofficial good. group cruises, I don't go on. Ah, okay. So there you go. So, uh, you know, I guess if it was going to be an official one, you could do all the planning and all the running around. And <laughs> So we're doing that one uh, June 5th on Ovation of the Seas. That's June. I'm very 5th. jealous. 
Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going the return to Alaska for many of us after the uh, 2018 Explorer of the Seas Group Cruise Alaska, which is phenomenal. So um, anyway, that's uh, kind of almost a continuing. That one actually, a little quick story. The reason why we picked this cruise was because about, I don't know, half of us, but a good number of us from that Explorer Group Cruise loved Alaska so much, we wanted to go back. And I was one of those people. And I told my wife, hey, let's book this cruise. And I mentioned to the Royal Green Blog Insiders that I booked this cruise. Yay, YOLO book it. Hooray me. And then a lot of people were like, hey, YOLO. that's a great idea. YOLO, let's do it. And then before we knew, we had a group there. And it was like, okay, so we're going to kind of hang out. And, um, you know, it's it's going to be, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and a nice way, again, to work in something a little bit different there um, beyond that. Uh, for, for the group cruise, but we also, but really when we talk about group cruises, I think the focus really should be for anybody listening here, the official group cruises, again, which are listed at realcoreanblog.com. It's just a little more structured. And as you do these group cruises, perhaps you have an opportunity to make friends on these ships and uh, maybe you'll find yourself cruising with other friends later on in different circumstances. Cause that is how these start. These unofficial groups start while we're on a cruise ship for a group cruise. Absolutely. People start talking about, oh, well, this would be fun. Hey, we should book that. And then Absolutely. four or five book it. Then they tell everybody, and it just grows. It, it's a great thing. So we have, you might be wondering, wow, Annette, this sounds amazing. Here is my credit card. How do I book a group cruise, and what are they? Well, the good news is we actually have three of them coming up here on the docket. We still plenty of time to book every single one of these. And as you're going to see, I think we've varied them. One of the things, and Annette knows this, I try not to just, you know, do the same thing over and over again. It's not my style. I want to be able to offer different and exciting things for these group crews, different themes, different itineraries. And uh, we have a, quite a few coming up here. Again, um, if you're interested in one in 2020, we we have our, our Brilliance of the Seas group cruise out of Boston to New England and Canada. This is October 11th. It's a seven-night sailing. And I am really excited for this group cruise, Annette, because... It's going on a ship that I love, which is Brilliance, but it's also new new embarkation port. I've never sailed out of Boston before and completely new itinerary, you know, uh, New England and Canada. Oh, I'm very, very excited. And there's so many great things we're going to be able to do with this group. And we've sailed so much in 2019 that we're having a little break after this New Year's Eve cruise we're doing. And then we have a whole year to plan this. Um, yep. And it's going to be, it, it's, it's going to be different, but I love it. I'm, I'm excited about some of the ports we're going to and some of the ideas of some things we could do. I'm just excited not to sweat on a group cruise because we're going to Canada. It should not be like... Okay, you need to shush now because <laughs> I'm just... You might be jinxing us. <laughs> I know, right? It's going to be... That's what happened in Alaska last year. Remember, we did yes. Alaska and it was like, you know, it was balmy. It wasn't hot, but... It wasn't quite as chilly as one would expect for Alaska. I overpacked uh, for Alaska because I, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we've got that one coming up. That's October 2020. And, um, you know, that that's obviously a very fun one there. And then we are going to announce on this episode of the Royal Green Blog podcast our 2021 group cruises. And we'll start in chronological order with, <sighs> this is exciting. I know. Anthem I know. Seas. So Anthem of the Seas, which you've been saying, wait a minute, Matt, whoa, 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 I've been listening to this podcast before. You guys just said Anthem of the Seas for July 4th, 2019. You're going back again? Yes, in July, yes. In July, again, again, but we're going to Southampton, England to sail to the Norwegian fjords. Yes, Matt is going to Europe. And once he said it out loud, there's no backing out. He's there. Oh, God, yeah. 
about it. I, I hate flying, for those who don't know. I mean, I really, really are petrified of flying. But, look, I'm not, I've, I've often told myself I am not allowing that to stop me from traveling and enjoying life. Unless it means going to Australia. That's just too far. But, <laughs> but, um, but for, for this one, we're going to do it. And we're going to go. Um, this is an eight-night cruise, uh, July 16th, 2021, out of Southampton. Visiting a bunch of places in Norway I can't pronounce. And uh, no, no sweating involved again. Theoretically, this should be a sweat-free um, cruise. <laughs> um, but we love in to- July, no doubt. I mean, that's yeah. gonna be awesome. Yeah, and it's uh, we, this is Anthem, so obviously we, we this is a known entity from group cruise standpoint. It's a great ship to do one on, and I'm just I'm so excited in that for the opportunity. To, this is my first time cruising out of Europe, and I get to spend it with or share it. I really should say with my friends here from RailCaribbeanBlog.com. Yeah, so this will be great. And, you know, who knows all of the things we might come up with for pre. Normally you fly one day prior. I just don't know if everybody's going to come in one day prior, you know. Yeah. No, um, this might be one not. where you want a couple of nights because you got to transition that time zone, guys. Um, Absolutely. That's definitely a good, a good tip. And that's something I'm planning on doing. I mean, we haven't quite nailed down what our plans are exactly. But, yeah, right. I think that if you're going to – I mean, it's July, so if your kids are off of school – this is a good opportunity to take some extra days and not only acclimate to the time, but also explore a little bit. I mean, you know, how often oh, do you to go to, to the UK and, and to Europe in general? So, yeah, that's our plan. We're going to do that. That's July 16th, 2021. It's an eight-night cruise on Anthem of the Seas. And then in November 2021, we're doing we're combining, like, all my favorites into one. We're doing Harmony <laughs> of the Seas, Thanksgiving week, going to Perfect Day at Coco Key, and – wait a minute – the, and Antigua, which is important yes, because in theory, and I say this in theory, but in theory, Royal Caribbean's new beach club should be open in Antigua by that point. This is uh, something that was announced a couple months ago that Royal Caribbean is building its own beach club. So it's not like Perfect Day where it's a sprawling private island. This is more, think of it like a private shore excursion that only Royal Caribbean offers. That's at least the idea that I'm getting from it at this point. But anyway, theoretically, We'll be able to not only visit Perfect Day Coco Key, but also visit this private uh, excursion area in Antigua. Uh, and it's over Thanksgiving, which I absolutely love sailing over. And it's Harmony, which I absolutely my favorite Royal Caribbean ship. It's November. It's less sweaty than than July. It's, it's <laughs> I'm awesome. seeing a theme. There's a yep. theme here. Less sweat. <laughs> so I will say, some of you may be listening to this and going, oh, Thanksgiving. Well, we always go with the family. We thought that as well. We thought this might be a small one. But last year we did Symphony over Thanksgiving, and it was our largest group. So sometimes maybe your family might want to cruise with you for Thanksgiving and nobody has to cook the turkey. So um, it really, it really did turn out to be a great trip. It was a lot of extended families traveling together. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It's, it's a great thing to do. I've, I've done Thanksgiving cruises multiple times. I just did one this year, as you may have heard on the podcast the other week. Um, And, and and I really love it. It's a great time of year to go. And uh, you know, I think it's itinerary, the ship. I mean, it's just a combination of, a lot of awesome things. Um, you know, this, I could probably start singing that song from the sound of music right now. Um, but I, I don't think Annette wants me to do that. So I'm going to, uh, not really. On that. No, 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 no. <laughs> so if people want to get a quote, Annette, um, for any of these group cruises that we've got lined up or really any cruise they want to book in general, right. um, MEI travel is available for, for them. Um, and is it safe to say they should fill out the form at royal Yes. 
Yeah, unless of course they have their own travel agent already with MEI Travel, then just let them know. Be like, hey, I'm interested yeah. in this particular sailing. And you know, one of the things I always tell people here's another. So let's share a couple tips for group cruises here, Annette. In general, number one, even before you go on the group cruise, if any of these sound remotely interesting, I'm not asking you to commit. You know, 12, 18, uh, 25 months ahead of time to any of these necessarily. But my best advice is to put a deposit down, put a refundable deposit down, lock in the price Mm -hmm. now, and then decide later on. Like, because as an example, I get it. It's really hard to plan for July 2021, November 2021. I mean, who knows what you're going to be doing next week, right? But put a deposit down, lock in the price, and then you have, I mean, for July, you have until, uh, what, April or so to make final payment? Right. Well, and the other key to that is at MEI, we're going to be watching for price adjustments. We can't watch for a price adjustment if you're not booked because we don't know what you might have wanted or what you might have, you know, what you might have wanted to book. Say you're in an ocean view room. We're going to be looking to see if that price adjusts. And we're also going to be watching to see if maybe that next step up to a balcony comes down in price to about what you're paying for an ocean view. So it does happen. Um, even this far out, sometimes they'll go through and reprice a ship. So if you think you want to go, go on and put the deposit down, make sure you tell the, the agent you want it to be refundable. And, um, we can continue to look at that. If you decide you want to change to non-refundable later on, we can do that as well. Um, the other thing with the group cruise, and I don't know, maybe you're going here next, but, um, don't worry about your dining time, put your preferred dining time down. You can you can dine when you want. Our, our group dines at different times. We have some that go at main, some at my time, some at late. Um, but we do try to make the events around the dining time. That's always a big thing a lot of people ask about because they want to know what dining time the group is going. Um, we're, Matt's not going to make you all eat at 830 at night because <laughs> not many people want to. So, <laughs> But we can place you with other people in the group if you want to eat with them or you can have a table by yourself. Yeah, and, that, and that's a really good tip there because uh, that, as you as you said, that is a common question we get. But it is an opportunity that even if you if you're in the group, you're going to will be seated near each other at the very least. So you, it's nice to be able to see each other and you know wave and laugh and, and say hello. It's just a little something extra there. Um, one of my, another tip I wanted to share in terms of you know people who are new to group cruises. And I know one of the most common concerns is look, I've listened to the podcast, I read RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. You know, I'm real. I, I, we want to come on the group cruise, but I am worried about meeting people and you know being part of the group, quote unquote. And my tip for you is to try to involve yourself as much as you can. You know, we talked about that you don't have to come to you know any of the events if you don't want to. But I think that if you are interested in in joining in or at least getting a sense of what it's all about. You know, come to the events, come to a couple events, especially early on in the cruise to meet folks and be a part of the fun. I think that if you involve yourself, if you show up, inevitably you start chatting with people, friendships develop, and you're off to the races there. I've seen it time and time again. And so I think one of the really important things is to uh, at least come to the first couple of events to to check those out. Um, even if you cherry pick other events later, that's totally cool. Just, um, you know, I, I think it's important to start off on, on, the, on the right foot. And that really does lead to, uh, I think, the kind of uh, friendships that that people that we're talking about here that you'll be hearing about as well. No, agreed. And I will tell you, Matt's community—you've just got a great community. Everybody is so helpful. They do kind of seek out the people they haven't they haven't met before, introduce themselves because we've all been a first first time group cruiser at one point. Absolutely. So we understand. 
Yep, and we all warn each other not to talk to Ron Hiller, and it's it's all good, you know. We just, you know, we, we're and if you've never been on a group cruise, then you have to come so you can figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we have again all the information about any of our group cruises, whether you're listening to this episode in 2020 or 2025, um, it's all available at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com/events, and I'll post a link in the show notes to that, so you can also check that out. Um, but I really do encourage folks to check it out. It, it is possible for you to do again. Put that deposit down, lock in the rate, the refundable deposit, and that way you have a lot of time to decide later on if you want to actually go through with it or not. Uh, but I really, I think it's the best approach as opposed to waiting, like, okay, well, we'll figure out, you know, I'm waiting for this promotion or or the vacation schedule to come out or this and that. And then you do something, like, great, we can go. And then you look at the price and it's gone up because that's what Royal Caribbean prices do. They tend to go up over time. Um, you know, I would hate for you to be in that situation. I've seen it all too often. So definitely. And, and Hey, if you're the person listening to this in 2025, we had a fabulous time on our group cruises in 2021. I can't believe what Brandon did in Europe. Who knows? They're never going to let us back again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, Annette, thank you so much for joining us here. Always a pleasure to have you with me. Always great times. Looking forward to group cruises with everybody listening. All right, time to answer some of your listener emails. These are the emails that you've sent in that I'm going to read right here on this podcast. And if you want to send me your emails as well, you can always do so by sending it to matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Our first email this week is from Justin Chan, who writes, I've been enjoying your blog and podcast. Thanks for all the extra detail and tips on board the ships. We're sailing on Oasis of the Seas. I have a question about parking at the Miami cruise port. I was looking at other options outside of port parking itself, and some reviews for other lots were very poor, long waits for shuttles, tight spaces, not safe, etc. Would you recommend paying the extra to park at the port versus looking at outside options in the Miami Beach area? If I were to park at the port, I can't find any information about reserving a space at the port. I assume you don't need one. Thanks. Justin, thanks for the email, and absolutely, positively, do I, I don't recommend parking off-site. Miami has a really bad reputation for it, but... Every port I ever go to in which I drive my own vehicle, I always park at the port for essentially a couple of reasons you just mentioned. Number one, long shuttle waits. I would say the number one reason I don't park at any outside parking area is because inevitably they run a limited shuttle schedule. And I just don't want to wait around. I don't want to sit there and have to uh, get in line and compete with other people for shuttle to get over to the port. Number two, when the cruise is over, and all you want to do is get in your car and drive home, I do not want to wait for a shuttle. If you have the shuttle waits are bad going to the port on embarkation day, they're always worse trying to get back to the parking garage. And in my experience, it's just not worth it. Yes, you can save a few bucks by parking offsite, but it's not that much, and I just don't think it's worth it. I think I'd rather spend a couple extra dollars for the convenience of parking at the port. Now, Miami has a bad reputation, I think more so than almost any other port in Florida I can think of, of having break-ins and issues with some of the off-site parking garages. It's like, they all do this, but the, the, Miami has a reputation for it. So, Justin, yeah, I don't recommend parking uh, at off-site. I think it's worth spending a couple extra dollars. It's not that much. It's not like you're spending, you know, uh, you're saving half the money by parking off-site. In a lot of cases, it's a not that much difference, and I just think, at the end of the day, the convenience is worth it to park at the port. And no, you do not need to reserve anything in advance. The only port that I know of, you can make, a, it's not even reservations, you can just pay for it in advance is Tampa. But again, you don't need to pay for it uh, or reserve a spot. Um, I think they're gonna take care of you. I've 
don't recall ever hearing or seeing certainly anybody say, oh, I was turned away. Next, we have an email from Robert Jaworski. Ritz. thanks for all, the, all you do, wealth of information. I hear and read about how people complain when a cruise doesn't quite go to plan, and they seem to blame the cruise lines for events such as bad weather and the like, and never seem to mention any positives. For me, just being on a cruise ship is a positive. I recently returned from a nine-night Sydney to New Zealand cruise on ovation of this, and I thought I would share my thoughts with you. The cruise across from the Tasman Sea was rough with lots of motion in the ocean, so much so many activities like North Star, iFly, Flow Rider, and even the Pixel Show were canceled for a few days. In fact, even though a seasoned cruise, even though a seasoned cruiser, I had to go to guest services for the complimentary seasickness tablet, wife still weighing uh, up if it was motion or maybe too much alcohol. Further compounding the disappointment of having our bookings for activities and show canceled, our first port of Dunedin, oh man, here come all the emails from people from Australia, uh, was also canceled due to rough seas. The port was on our bucket list and we were really disheartened. With the bad weather, we thought no chance of entering the sounds and ruining the only reason for booking this itinerary, but waking up really early, we were greeted with clear skies and calm seas. As we entered the, the first of three sounds, Milford, Doubtful and dusky, our jaws dropped. The most beautiful fjord and mountainous backdrop, dare say, prettier than we went to Alaska. It was zero degrees Celsius or 32 degrees Fahrenheit, so really fresh with blue skies, rising sun, and snow all over the mountains and lots of waterfalls. Very picturesque and told by many, including the captain, that it was the best weather for several seasons. The visual feast and memories by far outweighed all the disappointments and also gave us an excuse to do it again, perhaps in February next time when it's a little bit warmer. That is why we cruise and take each day one step at a time. Events out of anyone's control can happen, and it is what it is. It's up to you to look for the positives and enjoy your time on board and not spend time complaining. Remember, you're on a cruise ship. Robert, well said, my friend. I think you your last sentence there is exactly what I try to convey to people. Number one, some things are out of your control, just like Robert said. I mean, there's only so much you have control over. Weather is definitely not one of them. Nobody controls the weather, not Royal Caribbean not you, not your aunt, nobody. And there are no guarantees that any cruise you go on, no matter what time of year, will have great or even perfect weather. It, it's really, I don't wanna call it a crapshoot because it makes it seem like a bad thing, but you ultimately, you make the best out of it and you make the cruise fun or not. It's up to you. You can't assume that, and this is true for any vacation, by the way. It's not sure, you know, whether it's a cruise vacation, you go to Yosemite, you fly to Paris, the bottom line is you are what makes the vacation. The vacation doesn't come to you, you go to it, and it's up to you to really, you know, spend the time to research what you want to do, and then that's what makes an excellent vacation experience. Uh, recently, as you heard on last week's episode, I had one of the best times ever in Bonaire, and that was after my previous visit to Bonaire, which I had probably one of the worst shore excursions, or shore opportunities, where I just basically we couldn't find anything to do. But I did my research, find something to do, we rented an ATV, and then I had an amazing time on there. So Robert is absolutely right. Um, you know, number one is it your vacation is what you make of it. And number two, going back to the beginning of his emails where you know people you know complain a lot and then never seem to mention any positives. Unfortunately, this is why, again, I don't recommend reading online reviews and you know, all too often I hear I'll get an email or somebody will come in on one of my live broadcasts on Facebook or YouTube and be like, hey Matt, I just read a really bad review or a couple bad reviews about some Royal Caribbean cruise ship. And, I'm like, and when I hear that, I say, stop. You can't do that. It's People don't write objectively. They harp on one or two issues that they encounter and then that dominates their vacation. And again, we've, we've talked about this at length here on the podcast and over at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, how to mitigate that by, you know, speaking up, there's an issue. If it is a human potentially solved issue, weather is not one of them, obviously. But 
at the end of the day, you know, you got to roll with the punches. You got to be a little flexible, and then you'll have a great cruise vacation. Next, we have an email from Gail from Kentucky. He writes, hi, Matt. Thank you so much for the podcast and website. I've gotten so many great tips for our upcoming cruise from you and from everyone on the Royal Caribbean blog message boards. My family and I are booked on Independence of the Seas in March. It's a five-day Western Caribbean cruise, stopping in Cozumel and Grand Cayman. It will be my family's first cruise and my fourth, although my last was on Mariner in 2005, so it's been a while. We have two girls who will be nine and eight when we cruise. I have a couple questions. Number one, I'm hoping the girls might like Adventure Ocean, although I worry they won't since they'll be in different age groups. Because we don't know how they'll like it, we did not book My Family Time Dining. Instead, we booked first dinner seating at 5.30. If they decide they like Adventure Ocean, is it possible to switch over to My Family Time Dining or simply ask the waiter to serve dinner the kids more quickly so they can go to Adventure Ocean? If the latter, could they just join the group from My Family Time Dining or would one of us have to walk up with the kids club? Good question. The answer is potentially yes. Certainly, um, if you want to switch over to My Family Time Dining, which is the, by the way, my, fam my Family Time Dining is when you eat traditional dinner in the main dining room, but the difference is the kids are supposed to eat at an accelerated pace, and then uh, at a specific time, the Adventure Ocean staff comes downstairs and picks up the kids from the dining room and escorts them up uh, about 15 minutes before Adventure Ocean begins, give or take. I don't remember if it's half an hour or 15 minutes, but anyway, around that time. And you do need to sign up for it. Generally, Gail, I don't think you'll have any issues getting signed up. Most people don't even know it exists. And when we did this with our kids on Oasis of the Seas, every night they were the, they were the only two kids who were able to go there. So, yeah, I don't think you'll have any problem there. But at worst case, yes, absolutely. You can tell your, your dining staff and they can totally uh, get your kids' food out quicker. And then one of you can run them upstairs. But um, if you have a 5.30 seating and Adventure Ocean opens at 7 p.m., uh, you should be good. I mean, if dinner takes more than an hour and a half, that'd be, I think, more the uh, exception than the rule. And number two is, uh, how does the tendering process at Grand Cayman work? We'd love to just get in a cab and go to Seven Mile Beach that day, but does that mean we wouldn't be able to get out the ship until later in the morning? Is it better to book an excursion at Grand Cayman so we can have an early tender off the ship? Tendering is a first-come, first-served process. Um, in Grand Cayman, it's pretty easy because the ship docks so close, or does the dock, it anchors, so close to the mainland, it is like literally, I, I'm pretty darn sure it is a five minute uh, tender ride. So they're able to move the tenders around very, very quickly, very efficiently as well. And in my experience, Gail, I don't think you'll need to go anything crazy. I think your plan is perfect. And yes, there will be, depending on what time you dock at, or I keep saying dock, anchor at, you'll have the opportunity, you know, th that may dictate how much the line is. Like if you anchor at, 7 a.m. That will give plenty of people who, the early birds opportunity to get off and they can get keep people moving as opposed to like a 10 a.m. tender when everyone's awake already and ready to go. Yeah, you can see some lines going there. But honestly, in my experience, Gail, it's never too bad, you know, in terms of getting a tender there. I wouldn't say you need to go to the lengths of booking a Royal Caribbean excursion simply to be off the ship early, unless, of course, you want to maximize every possible minute and uh, I don't know, you're the, the amount of time on, on shore is is very, very important to you and you need to, again, be there first. But unless you literally want to be there first, I don't think it's that important. And I think you can certainly uh, get up a little earlier and go down there. So I would say, granted, not knowing your itinerary schedule exactly, I would still probably say you don't need to book anything. I think you'll be okay on your own. And Gail's other question is, we're booked in a balcony room and are not purchasing the key. I have gold status and crown and anchor society, but not sure that means much. On embarkation day, is it worthwhile for us to get to Port Everglades at 10 or 10.30 to see if we can get on board earlier, or should we wait till later since I assume they'll board suites, key, higher loyalty folks first? 
Yeah, I'll still get there at 10, 1030. Yes, yeah, so here's how they do boarding. Um, you, you you check in at 10, 1030, probably not boarding yet, no problem. Okay, so they're gonna seat you in the gold area, Gail. And then around uh, somewhere between 1045 and 1115, 1130, at worst, they'll begin boarding. And when they do that, they'll start with the sweet guests and pinnacle guests, and they'll work down to diamond plus and diamond. Then the key goes, then pinnacle goes, and then, or sorry, emerald, then, then platinum, and then of course, gold. And if that sounds like a lot, eh, it's not really. I mean, honestly, you're talking probably from the start of the first people, the sweet guests to go on to you. I mean, we're really talking about maybe, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes at the most. I mean, it moves very quickly. And at the end of the day, what's your alternative? Sit in the hotel room and wait around? You should definitely go there early. The earlier you check in, the earlier you will board the ship, J period. So um, I say get to the terminal early. And I still think you're gonna beat a lot of people onto the ship because most people don't arrive until later, until you know uh, 12 or so. So I think you're gonna find that it's not gonna be that much of a wait, even though there will be other groups going ahead of you. It's not worth it to get the key just for that, first and foremost. And second of all, I don't think you'll encounter that much of a wait. So um, hopefully that answers your question there. We have time for one more email, and that is from Francesca, who writes, going on a waste of the seas. I have a one-year-old and was wondering if the rooms have mini fridges. I wanted to look into bringing her own milk that she drinks, which is organic and not possible to keep milk in the room that I would bring. Is it possible to get organic milk on board? So there are mini fridges on the ship. However, they're more like coolers than fridges. What I mean by that is they don't really keep things exceptionally cold, and I'd be worried about the milk going bad. Um, uh, you know, it's it's fine to store for a couple hours and you know something like you you know for later in the day. But if your plan is to bring you know a gallon or two of your organic milk and then put it in the fridge for the rest of the week, I, I'm not sure that would that would be a conscientiously healthy thing to do. Um, in terms of Royal Caribbean offering organic milk, I don't know. I've never, I've, I've never seen that option. However, Francesca, what I would recommend you do is you contact Royal Caribbean before your cruise. There is a, uh, if you Google Royal Caribbean special needs form, you'll find that form over there and they can fill that out and they can work with you. You need to do that probably a couple weeks before your cruise and you should be good to go. So thank you to Francesca for the email. Thank you to everybody for checking out this episode of the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. And until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again real soon.